because all that greatness because of his great partner, Sister Bethia. And you all know all of that too. And we appreciate you all so much. And we're just looking forward to this workshop. And then Brother Rogers will be giving information regarding uh, Medicare and uh, life insurance. And uh, what did Brother Bethia go? Without any further ado, and with all of God blessed, let's give Brother Sister Bethia and Brother Rogers a big rise and applause. Welcome, my brother. There it is, must have a delay. First of all, I wanna always thank God for, again, um, working with the seniors ministry and putting these seminars together on the different topics that they want us to um, cover. Um, this is actually uh, the second part of, maybe even the third part of financial seminars that we've done in the past. I know the last one that we did, it was actually myself, Brother Derek Lindsay from the Central Church of Christ um, and Sister Bethia. We did that one um, a few years ago. And it uh, was so impressive until they had uh, us come back and to do um, another one. So I want to thank you guys for inviting us back. I really appreciate that. Um, what our goal is and what we're striving to do is we're striving to uh, help the um, people of God to be able to uh, bless God by being good stewards over the resources that he, had, he has given them. Um, I'm a certified transitional life coach. Brother Leslie Roger is in insurance and Medicaid, Medicare. Sister Bethia has 27 years in banking. She's been a, a teller, head teller, and, and, and assistant director, and and MSR, she'd have been everything in the bank. So uh, we asked her to come and just give us some information uh, as it relates to the different banking scenarios as well. Uh, what a transitional life coach is, is I don't really put that out or brag about that a lot, but what I normally do when it comes to uh, our members who really need help because they probably by themselves and don't know the process on what to do, I help them to go through um, their wills, help them with their power of attorneys, help them with their um, uh, making sure their insurances is up, because too many people die without insurance and just leaving a burden on the family. So help them with that. Help them also when it comes down to uh, funeral, working with the funeral home and getting everything they need, going with them there and uh, just laying everything out for them. Of course, you know, I do the program and I even do the funeral. So that's transitional life. I really try to really 
do that and really work with them. What we're gonna be covering today is going to be, on our screen here, is going to be, we're gonna be talking about personal history, oops, we're talking about personal, personal history, and retirement information, financial information, our real estate property, insurance, transitional life, and other resources. Now mainly, we're gonna be talking to the seniors, but it's really gonna be for everyone. It's really gonna be for everyone. So if you see the word senior this or senior that, it's because that, it's the senior ministry. So I'm kind of, we're kind of getting it and focusing on that. So let's get started. We gotta be out of here around in about 60 minutes. It, it usually takes about 90 minutes for the presentation. So it might take us about 75 minutes. By 3.15, we should be out of here. Uh, so let's roll. Um, first of all, those of you who don't have a plan, you're gonna fail. Okay, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And what I mean by plan is, no one intends to die and leaving the burden of their finances on their loved one. Nobody planned that, nobody planned that. But that just helped happen because it was not planned ahead of time to be able to prepare them to get ready for leaving here. And we Christians, we all know we gotta leave here. So we should never be caught in a situation where we do not have things in place already to be able to deal with the certain things that that's gonna happen in life. So God doesn't want us um, to ever have to go through that. Now, Brother Small, I want to be able to click this when I want to click it. Uh, yeah, I don't want this to take the, I want it. Because I'm a talker. Okay, so the next one. So if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Okay, James 4.14 said, Where is ye know not what shall be on tomorrow? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a long time and then vanish away. That means get ready. All that means is get ready. God said we're we, we, we going to vanish away one day, so make sure we got things in order. Okay. I'm hitting the button, brother. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. You must take, make every effort to take a self-evaluation of your... Uh, don't, don't keep switching it. You must make... Now, you're doing this to me, Brother Small. You must make every effort to take a self-evaluation of yourself to know how you react to important times of sensitive things. Meaning, do you consider yourself a person that when sensitive matters happen, that you're going to be calm like you lose someone real close to you? Are you going to be calm or are you going to need somebody to help you? Do you consider yourself a person who, um, if something happened that's sensitive, you almost, you almost it paralyzes you? And it paralyzes you, again, you're going to need someone to be able to, to help you and work with you. So just be evaluating that because when something happens, uh, you got to be ready. Because many times if you're not ready, then, the, then it, it can be overwhelming and it could really have um, devastating effects. Okay, put it on the screen. Okay, so let me try it. Okay, okay, 
We can see it. Stay right there, though, but it's good. It's working now. So hold on, hold on. Right? No, I ain't do that. I ain't change that. Very few people deliberately procrastinate, but whether, but whether uh, deliberate or not, the results are the same. Something important does not get done. I'm moving fast for time's sake now. Huh? Right, so I'm taking off of automatic so I can do it. All right, Brother Small, go to the next one. No, next one. No, it's not moving at all. That's why I like the good old Bible. Paper Bible. Always have a paper Bible with you. Because you don't have a paper Bible with you. Yeah, you, you, you paper, paper, paper haven't failed me yet. Sometimes family think not forever. However, they need to understand that it is necessary to put our house in order. The sooner you get things in order, the less pressure uh, there will be on them when the time comes. Next one. So sim simply putting your house in order simply means make sure you have things in place. So let me, let me just talk about this. Raise, raise your hand. If something happens to you, if there is somebody who know where all your documentation is and can go get it. Okay, good. Raise your hand. Put your hand down. If you're one of the ones that did not raise your hand, do that. Put your document place, documentation in it. Because I'm telling you, I've seen it many times where someone passed and no one can find the stuff. And, and, and let me tell you, and the older people get, the better hiders they are. They can hide some stuff, okay? And, 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 and you know, time is, time is of the essence. Okay. Time is of the essence to make sure that someone can get, uh, get, your, get your documentation in place and read through your documentation. Another thing I recommend you do is, um, how many of you have chosen... An executor, somebody who you can count on that's going to be responsible for making sure your wishes get done. Okay? If you have not, okay, amen. If you have not, choose somebody. I know we scared because we don't want them to know our business. And I, I got that. I, I'm like that too. But they got somebody got to know. Somebody got to know. So you got to find, I mean, it's, it's somebody out there that can get this done. Okay? Um, some of the members who don't have 
anyone usually bring me their wills and I file their wills away and I execute those wills. Okay. I execute. No, back, 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 back. It ain't going back. Okay, so here's some basic information since, 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 since they fighting me, I'm fighting back. So here's some basic information. Some personal stuff you need to make is basic documentation. Father's driver's license, mother's driver's license, passport, visa, vehicle registration. Make sure if you're dealing with somebody who you are the executive, make sure you have all this information right here. Uh, and make sure this information is uh, all put together in a nice place that is easy to uh, get to. Um, these things are very important to make sure uh, that that happened because when my mom died, they was asking for all her information. But let me use my father. My father lost his, his wallet in the hospital. In the hospital. And all his stuff was in there. Well, when we went to take care of all the paperwork, they were asking for a driver's license information and, 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 and all this other personal information. And we did not, and, and we didn't have it. But then I remembered when my father was home about two weeks earlier, when we couldn't find his wallet, I took out all his document and I took, a, took pictures of it with my phone. Thank the Lord. So I just went to my phone, was able to pull these things out. But um, uh, uh, make a long story short, we still never found the wallet. Wallet's gone, but I had all this other documentation. Next one. Okay. Um, some other personal information that you might want to make sure that you have is make sure that you have uh, marit marital information. Make sure the marital uh, information is straight. And let me say this also so while I'm on this subject. If you are a person who have um, exes and stuff like that, that though you are, they gone, they by themselves, and you by yourselves, if they are ex, they can come back into the picture. I'm just letting y'all know they can come back in because you didn't do the paperwork right to make sure that they cannot mess with your stuff because the law can consider them as still your husband or your wife. And what they're going to do is they can come back into your situation and take over and, and, and they can remove the executor and they become the executor. Then you find yourself in a lot of trouble. So make sure that you have all that personal information straight. You have your marriage. Marriage license information straight. You got your, um, your um, uh, who's, the, who's on the deed to your house? That is very, very important. Why? Because if somebody is on a deed to your house that you don't want on there anymore, but you've been pressed, pressed, uh, procrastinating and getting them off, you die, they got stake in their house. And whether you want them to have it or not, they got stake in the house. So make sure you cover all that stuff. I'm saying that to say that my father did not have nobody on the house but him. So when he passed away, um, you know, we had, to, we had to have a discussion about who's going to take the house and stuff like that. But all glory be to God, he did verbally say to me who he wanted to have the house. But because it wasn't written... Um, that did not go well with my siblings. Okay, even though Dad said it didn't go well with my So have your stuff written down. Yes, ma'am. Okay, here's another one. 
uh, certificate, social security, have your social security number. Uh, if you're in a service, have your DD-214. You can get held up. If you want to get veterans um, a funeral, got to have your DD-214. If you don't have that, it's a long process, okay? Have that information. If you don't know where it's at, start looking for it now. Maybe you can find it soon. Marriage certificate, death certificates, and um, pa oh, passwords. We change passwords a lot. It comes a time, I know the rule, the rule is don't write your password down, but I'm letting you know. <laughs> it's better to have it written down than not have it at all. Have it in a safe, write the numbers down. If you got a safe in your house, put it in a safe or something. But write your passwords down, because if you don't have those passwords and nobody knows those passwords, it's trouble. It's trouble, and, and, and I've seen a lot of family get in trouble like that. Next one. Next one? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Certi uh, certificate of divorce. That, um, make sure you have that. You're divorced, have your certificate of divorce. You're exactly right. Right. That'll stop. She said that that'll stop an ex who's still going to try to insert themselves. The, the divorce certificate will take care of that. Medical information, mothers, fathers, siblings. No, listen, y'all know how we are. Well, I know how I am. I got siblings I didn't know I had. Okay, I'm just letting you know. They come out of Woodworks. They come out of Woodworks. You know, I'm your sibling, okay? Well, you got to make sure that you have decided what role the siblings who come late go play in your life and how it's going to deal with your financial situation. Let me give you an example of that. If you have an insurance policy, an insurance policy say as far as a beneficiary, if it says the children, that's a general statement. And that's all right. And, and so, so, so you might have planned for you getting $20,000 of that policy, but three more children show up, you might be getting like $11,000 of that policy because it just said children. So make sure that you, um, you're clear in the information and make sure you know who the, sibling is, who the siblings are. Uh, father physician information, parents medical records, children medical information. Now, parental, parental medical records. Let me tell you this. My brother uh, Roger Pike can vouch for this. If you run out and get an insurance policy for your loved ones real quick, um, they have a t it, it takes two years. For this become enforceable. Uh, and even after the two years, uh, it can be contested still. It's really uncontestable up until, until two years. I mean, you can contest it to up to the two years, but even after that, somebody might call for your records, for the, your, your, your um, parents' records, the medical records. Especially if the number is big, the face value is big, they'll call for that record. And if there's some information in that record that said they had diabetes and didn't tell it, or they had high blood pressure, or whatever, it can be a real fight on that. So have those records, because what's going to happen is they'll start sending your information to fill out, and they got a timetable. If you can't fill this information out, then they might take actions that is, um, that, 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 that is, can hurt you, that can hurt you. Children, medical information, sibling, sibling medical information. Small? Y'all making this so hard. Okay. No, other way, the other way. 
The other way, please. One more. One more. Okay. Okay. Uh, at this particular time, for time's sake, because brother, uh, do do you need your PowerPoint? You don't need it. We, I, he, I'm let brother. I'm going back there and fix this. I'm gonna let brother Leslie Rogers come up and do Medicaid and Medicare, and then I'll come back and finish my portion. Is that all right? Because he does. He doesn't need PowerPoint. All right, can everybody hear me now? Okay, good. Like I said, I don't know if the clicker's working or not. Uh, like I said, I work for Medicare and Medicaid services, which, which uh, deals with uh, Medicare and Medicaid. And I got phone numbers. If you need any phone numbers or any uh, email addresses or anything, if you have any problems with Medicare, Medicaid, I can, uh, I can get you the right person. Because you know, I work for that, uh, for that agency. Uh, the agenda today, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about Medicare, Medicaid, and then life insurance. This would be too much to copy. No, 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 I don't need any help. This would be too much to copy. Since we, oh, well, we do have the clicker. Is it working? Where we point it to? Which direction we point it? to the screen? Okay. Okay. Let's just put all this on the screen right quick. Medicare is a federal health insurance program for people who are 65 or older, certain young people with disability, people with end-stage renal disease, permanent kidney failure, require dialysis or transplant. So uh, people just, I'm not there yet, 65, but Lord bless me, I will be there. So if you're close to it, I, I suggest you start inquiring about the information, okay? Because it's all free. Matter of fact, I got, I got books here. So if you're close to that age, I got, I got plenty, plenty of books. And I'll get you one. Plenty, plenty of information for Medicare, I mean for Medicaid, okay? The different parts, different parts of Medicare. Medicare Part A, hospitalization insurance. Part A covers inpatient hospital stays, carrying skilled nursing facilities, hospice care, and some health care. 
Medicare Part B is medical insurance. Part B covers certain doctor services, outpatient care, medical supplies, and provincial services. Medicare Part D, prescription, drug coverage. I know we hear so much about our senators trying to reduce this cost. We need to continue to fight that fight because the prescription drugs, I'm here, I hear stories every day where I work at. Uh, they own 5, 10, 15 medications and the cost is, is like 1500 a month and it, it's a mess. This one here is, is really a mess, but you know, but that's just the way it is. Uh, Medicare Part D, you know, prescription drug coverage, Part D adds prescription drug coverage to original Medicare, some Medicare costs, some Medicare pr uh, private fees for service plan, Medicare medical savings account plans. Those plans are, are, are offered by other insurance companies, okay, that can, that can add to Medicare. And the Medicare Advantage plan is, is all in one. It has A, B, C, and D. It's a plan that covers all of it. And those offered by uh, insurance companies also. But isn't it true that's not available to everybody? <laughs> that is true. It is not available to everybody. But, uh, but you can apply and, and require if you can get it or not. Okay, all right, uh, leave me your information and we can, we can, uh, we can talk, we can talk about that. I'm sorry, Parts, part, uh, part C covers all of it. Okay, all right, need to know this too, part A and B, what's not covered, what is not covered, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what is not covered because if you've been to the hospital, you've been to your doctor, You've been to these places, they said, no, we, we can't do that. That doesn't cover that, okay? What it doesn't cover. We know it doesn't cover your deductibles, your co-insurance, your co-bay. Uh, it doesn't cover the long-term long -term care, uh, custodian care. Uh, most dental cares it doesn't cover. Eye exams related to prescribed glasses, dentures, cosmetic surgery. You're going to do cosmetic surgery to, to you know, reduce your, what It doesn't cover that. Acupuncture, hearing aids, and exams for fitting and uh, routine foot care. It's, I mean, it's a lot of stuff that it should care, it should, but it doesn't. So once again, it's just letting you know what it doesn't cover. Uh, here's the information here. If you have any uh, questions or claims or anything about uh, Medicare, uh, here's the numbers. I can give you the numbers and all that stuff also and just, just talk to me about it. Uh, Yes. What is it that you need to pick up? What do you need to pick up? You definitely need to, you would get from the Social Security, and, uh, and it's going to tell you exactly what you need to pick up. Uh, you don't need uh, prescription because your, your primary, your, your, well, Medicare is going to be your primary, but then after you retire, your, your health insurance is, that you bought from your retirement is going to be your, uh, your secondary. So, uh, but you want to keep both of them. So, 
Your question is saying. Uh, It could cover some of the part C, but but you want to keep. Uh, it's, it's go, in other words, you have to, you have to get uh, uh, B. Right, it's a must. Yeah, it's a bus. Are you are going to get penalized? To to cover part B. Right. But I still needed part B. If I did pick that up, then they were going to charge me a penalty of thirteen dollars a month for average. That's true. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. That's true. Yeah. Okay, that is true. I, that's why I, I, I mean, uh, we have senators that we can go to and fight uh, because, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a, this is a government program that was set up a long time ago, okay? And there's a whole lot of benefits that can be changed, that can be upgraded, but it's a fight that we're going to have to fight to do that. Okay? All right. Those are and, uh, okay, Medicaid. Medicaid. Medicaid provides health coverage for millions of Americans, including eligible low-income adults, children, pregnant women, elderly adults, people with disability. Medicaid is administered by the state. According to the federal requirements, this program is funded jointly by the state and the federal government. Okay, there's uh, three important state-based health coverage programs. Medicaid, it provides health coverage to low-income people and is one of the largest pairs for health care in the United States. And then you have the Children's Health Insurance Program, CHIP. It provides federal matching funds to the state that provides health coverage to children and the family with incomes too high to qualify for Medicaid, uh, but, can af but, but who can af can't afford private coverage? And then the third one is the base health program would allow state and the option to provide affordable coverage and better continues to care for people who income fluctuate above and below the Medicaid and CHIP eligible levels. So those are the three programs that, uh, that, that, that is offered for Medicaid in the state of Maryland, Medicaid in the state of Maryland. Okay. Once again, uh, I work for CMS, Center for Medicaid and Medicaid Services, so we, if you need any information on this program, just see me. Uh, I can get you all the information for that, but you can see that uh, the Center for Medicaid is, is, a, uh, is committed to work closely, partnership with the state, as well as providers, family, and other stockholders to support the efforts Okay, the Center for Medicaid and Medicaid Service headquarters is equipped 
to assist general policy guidelines, grants, reimbursements, technical assistance, uh, anything that deals with Medicare and Medicaid. Just uh, I have that information if you have any questions on that also, okay? That's the phone numbers for Medicaid, addresses, mailboxes. That's right. Okay, they answer the phone. Talk to me. I can put you where they will answer the phone. Okay. <laughs> All right. You, you got you got somebody to go to. Okay. If they don't answer the phone. Life insurance. I know we don't like to talk about that. I know none of us don't. But you know, life insurance. Okay. The need for life insurance. Your needs for life insurance varies with age and family responsibilities. It is a very important part of financial planning. There are several reasons to purchase it. You may need to replace income because of debt. You may want to make sure your dependents are, are significant, that the debts are paid off when you die. Life insurance may allow them to protect the assets also without selling all of the assets, okay? Consumers should consider the following factors when purchasing life insurance. Medical expenses incurred prior to death, prior costs in estate, estate taxes, support while surviving family members try to secure employment, and monthly bills and expenses, daycare costs, college tuition, and all of that. So, you know, it really, if you look at it, this life insurance is just a replace of income. Uh, you lose a loved one uh, or you retire, because anybody that retired, they were, they also receiving an income, and that income, you got to say, who's who's going to lose that income? If God called me home, they're depending on my income. The income is lost. Okay, I'm leaving someone behind. So how you're going to replace that? And they got it set up through life insurance. A lot of people don't have or don't need life insurance if they got a, a annuity. If they got an annuity, they got uh, money in the bank. Uh, what do I need life insurance for? Okay, if I have those assets, I can get to right away. Okay, so you, you know, all right. Choose the right amount. Some insurance experts suggest that you purchase five to eight times your current income. However, it is better to ask yourself these questions to determine the, the uh, accurate amount. How much of my family income do I provide? If I were to die, would my survivor, especially my children, get by? Does anyone else depend on my financial, such uh, financial, such as my parents, grandparents, brothers or sisters? Do I have children who, who I would like to set aside money so they can finish their education? Uh, if I die, how will my family pay final expenses? Do I have family members or organizations I want to lead the money to? Or will there be estate taxes to pay my death? Or, and then you got to look at inflation because we know the cost of living just continue to goes up. So you got to look at all of this stuff uh, when you determine on on on, on life insurance, uh, type of life type of life insurance. All policies are not the same. We are we know uh, some some provide coverage for the lifetime and others covers for a specific number of years. Some build up cash. Some policies com combine both of them. Uh, some policies may, may offer other benefits while you're still living. Uh, the two types here, 
is, is uh, life insurance is term and permanent. Really, that's it, that's it term and permanent. Uh, term insurance cover for a specific term, one year, five years, 10 years, 30 years, and a lot of the term insurance policies does not have cash failure that is added to it, okay? Permanent insurance. Permanent insurance, such as universal life, virtual life insurance, whole life insurance, those are long-term financial protection. In other words, they normally goes out to 100, 125 years, the, the uh, permanent insurance. These policies include both the death benefit, in some cases cash value also, that, that accumulate in that policy. Tips for buying life insurance. Tips, make sure you feel comfortable the insurance agency in the company. Verify that they are licensed in the state, of, in whatever state you're in. Make sure they're licensed in the state which you're in with the insurance administration. Decide on how much you need for how long and what you can afford to pay. Learn what kind of policies provide the benefit you need and pick up the one that is best for you. Do not sign an application until you have carefully reviewed it to make sure that the answers are completely inaccurate. Avoid buying life insurance unless you intend to stick to that with your financial plan. It may be very costly if you quit during the early years of the policy. And when you buy a, pol a policy, make, make the check out to the company, not the agent. <laughs> yes, sir. Right. And we find about any time that, that amount being, uh, if something should happen to you, then the company would pay that amount of money to cover you. And normally it was a combination of term insurance on, and term insurance on top of it. True. Now, in order for you to get to that circumstance, you have to sit down with a person to evaluate your situation. That's true. In other words, uh, if, you, if you come to me and say, That is true. And then that way you can program uh, the insurance company to meet that, that obligation. Now, as your kids were older, you get 20, 20 months, then that term you dropped off. Then you don't need to pay that amount of money. Then you can, it's like, it's like a, a thing you do with term insurance. Like you said, if you get the cash value back to it, that means that you know, I, I, I use My man is. Right, right. So, so before I sit down with you, we, we, I mean, I'm going to talk about a whole lot of stuff. If I'm sitting down with you trying to uh, talk to you about life insurance, about investments and stuff like that, we're gonna, it ain't gonna, probably ain't going to be a one-time visit. It might be two or three visits because I want to make sure that it's going to be right for you. I'm not, I, it's got to be right. It's got to be right for you, not me, you know, because it's got to be right. That's just the way I, that's the way I work. That's, yeah, that's, part, that's, that's part of the, uh, the presentation is find out everything uh, and, and make sure whatever you're trying to sell them or, or what, make sure that it, it's going to work for that particular individual. Right. Okay. That's it. That's my contact information. I know you said five minutes. We're done. 
Uh, any questions on Medicare, Medicaid, or life insurance, that's my information. And, uh, I would probably say no to that because they, I mean, at 80 years old, we know they were pretty much retired. Okay, hopefully they have a, a retirement and hopefully they have a savings account or an annuity or anything like that. Okay, if they don't have any of those, they got no money in the bank, they got no retirement, all they got is just social security or social security check that's coming in, I don't know how much it's gonna be. Uh, but yeah, we can, we can do a $10,000, $15,000 policy for someone that age. It would be more expensive to pay into it than the benefit that they will get from it. Because they, they, um, it's going to be so costly. It's going to be very costly. Even, at, even though at $5,000, $10,000, it's going for sure, it's going to be very costly. But if they, but if they can afford $300, $400 a month for $10,000, $10, you have to look at all of that and see if it's worth it or not. Because, because this person could say, no, I don't need it. I'm just going to set aside three or $400 a month into a savings. OK. Are they forced to Medicare and A, B, and C? To uh, Medicare? Medicare. A Medicare. 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 A, B, C, and D. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. No F and G. I'm sorry. Cost what? Medicare. Medicare. It all depends on the. Uh, it all depends. But I got I got all these books. I got all this good stuff to pass out. You don't know? Okay. You already. If you already got it, you probably don't need it. If you already got it. I can get some more. This is Medicare. I got to get some more. I only had 10, but I, I can, uh, I have some more next Sunday. I get some more next Sunday. Okay, I'm done. Rogers a hand for doing that. We appreciate it so much. Okay, let's see if the conspiracy is over here. Okay, uh, okay. we're actually going into phase three, our uh, financial information. Uh, we're gonna move speedily through this as much as possible so we can cover what we need to cover. Sister Bethia will be joining me in this. Um, because we're going to be dealing with banking type issues as well. First of all, um, as we go into this, how many of you have a will? Okay, get your will. If you don't have a will, then your uh, estate can go into probate. And if it goes into probate, then you don't decide what happens. They have a set of rules that they follow that they've designed what happens. Like um, uh, um, the children, what children can be included, what children aren't. Included 
Um, so they got a whole list of rules there, and it costs money. So get your wills together. If you need help with a will, let me know. It don't cost you anything. Let me know so I can help you put together a simpler one. Simple one. Yeah, uh, yeah you, you do, yes. Because there could be different type of accounts that you have that um, you want to go to specific people, or it could be different type of accounts that you have where it can go to, without a will, the executor gets to decide where to put it at, or the family have a meeting to decide. You want things to go where you want them to go. And without a will, it don't work like that. Okay, all right. They can't, they, uh, people, they, uh, they can't hand it back. They can't hand it back, so please, some, the back can't hear. Amen. Okay, so here we go. Financial information. Let's talk about accounting and bookkeeping. You need to list the name. Oh, oh wow, this thing, this is getting on my nerves. Brothers, okay. You need to list the name of the bank account, savings, credit union, or any other account where funds are deposited with addresses and the account numbers and all of the names listed on the account and list only the last four digits of an account number. So basically, have some controls when you're dealing with different type of, uh, especially for putting together your, your um, uh, savings account, checking account, and all those other systems. We can talk, talk about it in detail in a minute. So first of all, let's talk about safe deposit box. Some of you have a safe deposit box. Okay, if you want to give a, get a safe deposit box, a safe deposit box, uh, if, you if you have one, make sure your family know where the keys is and make sure they're listed on their account or they can't go in there. And, 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 and if something happens, they need to get in there. If they can't get in there, it's going to be a problem. Next one, a bank account can be a deposit account, a credit card account, a current account or any other type of account offered by a financial institution and represents the funds that a customer has entrusted to the financial institution and from which the customer can make withdrawals. So we're just talking about general accounts now. So uh, from a senior banking accountant, seniors are the most susceptible age demographic to be defrauded through bank accounts. Uh, so be warned. Number one, let's talk about credit and, and debit cards. Uh, credit and debit cards can be hacked. They can be hacked. Y'all know that, okay? So I'm um, asking Sister Bethia to come up with now and explain to us the different uh, precautions that can be taken when securing uh, credit cards and bank cards. And I'm going to start off by saying this. Be careful what place you use your cards. I'm just letting you know, don't use your card anywhere. If you're in a, because they have, um, what are them things they can have put in? Skimmers. They have skimmers that they can put on the machine that can look just like the machine. And the minute you use your card in there and it's gone and, and, and you take it out, they got you. Um, I was at a funeral down on York Road and uh, used the card down there. Before I got home, the bank was calling saying, did you make a $500 purchase? And I said, no. And they already, already got me. So make sure you understand um, where, you, where you're going to use the cards at and how the cards are going are gonna to work as well. When it comes down to fraud complaints, Sister Bethia, come up and um, let's talk about that. So first of all, from a fraud complaint standpoint, do you guys know what you need to do if you suspect fraud on your credit card? Can you give it 
contact the institution where your card is from and it will be shut down. Do you know the uh, span of time you need to make that contact? Probably within 24 hours. Well, um, I don't know. <laughs> so what I'm saying is span of time. You have 60 days to um, file a complaint um, or dispute a transaction that um, hits your account. Okay, if you don't do it within 60 days, you the bank may don't have to or may not have to reimburse you. This, this is why you get a monthly statement. So make sure you look at your monthly statement. So when you get your mail and it's on the table, you say, oh, that's my bank statement, and you just put it on it. If you're not going to look at your bank statement, have um, access to online banking where you can view it either on your phone or on a computer. Yes. It's just important that you make sure um, that you dispute any transaction within that window of time because there is a time frame where you need to make sure that that's done, okay? So as soon as you find out that there's something that's not, that you did not authorize, you need to contact the financial institution as soon as possible because sometimes let me tell you when the fraudsters start they'll do a small transaction for like a dollar 99 cents or 90 cents or dollar 25 cents just to see if that transaction will go through and so pay attention to every item on your statement because if you have a small item you say oh that's just a dollar 99 cent but if it's a dollar 99 cent that you did not authorize you need to beware because this is how they begin um, frauding you. So if they see that and they see that they can get through with that dollar ninety nine, then they, they just they go shopping. They just start going shopping. Very good. Now also when it comes down to keep keep that when it comes down to um, people calling you up on the phone for your information, how's that handled? Okay, so anybody wanna answer? No, we want you to answer, you got the microphone. Okay. So if someone <laughs> see where they were and add to it if I needed to. Oh, okay. So if okay. someone calls you, number one, if you don't initiate a phone call, that should raise a red flag for you. If anybody calls you and they're trying to sell you something or, because they try to intimidate seniors. Seniors are very vulnerable individuals. Um, and the language that the people use when they're trying to get over on you can be a little scary. And so much so that if you don't have somebody right there with you that you can kind of ask or, you know, run it through, you may be afraid and you may volunteer some of your information unknowingly, which will allow them access into your financial affairs and you could um, um, sustain a substantial loss, which sometimes you might not get that money back. And I'm going to use an example with that, just to make sure that we're clear. When they call you, they're going to say something like, uh, this is the IRS. Yes, sir. And we're coming after you on Monday if you don't give us a call back right now. Um, and what happens is you'll be so scared, because IRS, you call them back. And when you call them back, they, they know what key information to get from you. And they will get some key, like for instance, your social security number is powerful. They ask for your social security number, okay? And won't let you give them the last four. They don't want the whole social security. And remember, you're so scared until you're giving them all this information. 
the minute you give them all this information, they're ready to go to work with your information, okay? And they can go into some vital records, especially the good ones, some vital uh, bank accounts, records, call up, act like you, you, you're them or they're you, and they can get your information real before you even know it. Before you even get to church and say, somebody called me from the hours, and somebody said, well, don't, don't do that. By the time you do that, it's over. It's over. So you don't want to do that when, you don't want to do that when they call. Oh, Brother Bally, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, <clears throat> I, I would like to say I had that particular problem because uh, someone had called from uh, Medicare, and I, right off the bat, I gave out some uh, information, and I found out that it was um, fraud. So what happened, I went to the bank and reported it to the bank, and so they gave me uh, the fraud number, the 800 number, so I called the fraud people and reported it. And they were telling me about how many thousands of people uh, they had fraud out of that because IRS, they don't call you on the phone. Medicare doesn't call you. But I, even the other day I got uh, a call from uh, Medicare. But anyway, once you, you uh, file that complaint, it's uh, three or four. They notify the rest of the uh, of the fraud uh, people, you know, and so uh, I had that particular problem. So I always check to the bank, and I think they told me in six months I got to re uh, I got to call them again and uh, give them that type of uh, information. But people is always calling, you know. But they say IRS, Medicare, and all of them. They do not call you on the phone. That's right. That's right. Thank you. So thank you, Brother Matt. I appreciate that. Um, Sister Bethia, what do you do if, from a credit card standpoint, if, if um, let's say um, they don't get my credit card, they just get my, they get my card number, um, or let's say I let them use my card, but they abuse I didn't authorize some stuff. How so they work? You, well, you got to be very careful with individuals that you give your information to. Even if it's your own child, you have to be careful. Because one of the questions they ask you when you're filling out the affidavit is, did you give your information to anyone? And if you answer that question honestly and you gave it to one of your children or whatever, um, some, I've been in one, I've seen one scenario where it was one of the individual's um, children and the bank gave them uh, um, alternative um, because they were gonna have to prosecute. They will go through with everything, but they would have to prosecute your child. So nine times out of 10, a parent don't want to put their child through that, so they take that loss. But um, you gotta be real careful because you could lose your money if you let them have that information because you gave them that information. Now they went off and did whatever they did. You may suffer a loss because you willingly gave them that information. Another thing to be aware of is some of the stuff that come in the mail because some of that stuff kind of looks legitimate also. So um, when you um, look at anything in the mail, and if somebody's trying to solicit you, or I had a, a older person come in to see me about a couple of months ago, and a company tried to get her to give them some money so that she can make some money. 
So if anybody's asking you for money so that you can make some money, nine times out of 10, it's fraud. So don't, especially if they put some kind of time frame on when they need this money by. So if you get any of that, you need to beware. Get a second opinion, just like the lady did. I don't know what she ended up doing, but I told her that was a red flag because number one, she didn't contact them, they contacted her. And look, they can get your, and when they put your name on the computer, they can pay $14.99, $19.99 to get your private information to, to build up as much um, they credibility. Get a, yeah, credibility so that when they call you, it'll sound legit. She was like, but they knew my this and they knew my that. So I went to the computer and I punched her name in. And when they punched her name in, not only did it bring up her information, how old she was, it had her household members, her children, and all this stuff. And if you, the more money you pay, the more money, the more it. information you can get. Now, if somebody is a professional foster, they're going to pay that $14.99, $19.99 so they can get that information to hook you in because they're going to know so much about you from the public information that they pay for so you're going to think they're legit and you may release some information that you should. Yeah, so they want to email. I had someone that hacked my email. To the careful with your emails as well because someone hacked mine and asked me to send them $3,000 and when they would get back to the states they would pay me but they knew all the people that I knew mm -hmm. that could vouch for that person but you know in my mind I'm not giving anybody a mm -hmm. penny so I was okay but someone else that doesn't know be. probably would have sent the money right. hmm? amen another thing I want to talk about I see here another thing I want yes oh go ahead no I was gonna say as many said there's two things I got a uh, email saying that Mark was in jail in Europe. Yes. <laughs> Send money to get him out. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay. <laughs> and I, <laughs> if he got if he got there, he needed to have some money to get out of jail. And the second thing is, when you're going online, we are very trusting online. Um, I have gone online to a. I was going to pay my bill, and it just so happens I pulled up the. I just typed in the bank's <laughs> name. But you can go to the wrong site because I, I was looking and it was just something that was off about the website and they had spelled it wrong. And, and it was like, okay, let me, let me come out of this, but I hadn't put any information in. So even if you're online and you're the one that's looking, you've got to pay attention to the sites that you're going to right. because they have so many sites that are bogus mm -hmm. that will take your name, your credit card number, and everything else, and they Amen. Oh, and um, based on, um, piggyback on what she's saying, type in the full address yourself because sometimes when you start typing in, the addresses start popping up. Ignore that. Just completely type in the full address to the site that you are visiting. To piggyback off of that, I also recommend when you go to the site and you know that's the site you've been at, in, in, in this case of the bank, save it. There's a little okay. section on the side is save it. Mm -hmm. So every time you need to go check your statement, make a payment, click on save, it goes right back to that, uh, that location and you're pretty much sure that you won't be misled. Um, I wanted to address um, about these cell phones. Sometimes they come through them too. Mm -hmm. And one day I was on my way to church not too long ago and Jim had, was trying to call me and um, I hadn't heard from him for a while. And, when I, when, and the phone kept dropping, the call kept dropping and then the people kept telling me, 
well, you got to pay $40. And I'm thinking, did my husband get locked up for a car that's going to cost me? And I'm trying in the car to get my card out to give them. And I would have gave them that number, but thank God I, the car hung up because it kept asking me three times, but mm -hmm. I couldn't get to my car. Mm -hmm. So I came on to church, mm -hmm. sat down, had Bible study, and finally he called, and he said his phone was so messed up out there, and these people had gotten on the phone with him, told him to, that he had to pay this kind of money uh -huh. to get through. And I'm thinking, did he get locked up? Did he have an accident? But I kept coming to church, Amen. no matter what. Amen. Amen. And I'm so glad I didn't do that, because they would have had my yeah. information. Card information. Yeah. They had your information. Because I'm trying to. Yeah. I just talked to him. I'm like, I couldn't think. Mm -hmm. But that's what they wanted you to do. That's exactly right. I'm telling you. And I'll tell you this, too. Let's talk about senior coercion. Senior coercion. But senior coercion is, is that the older you get, unfortunately, the more frail you get. The more frail you get, the more you become dependent on your children you, or a caregiver. You might have a child that is there that then starts to uh, disuse misuse or abuse you, okay? Because they want that money. And what happens is, um, let's say it's five siblings. The other siblings might know that, that uh, Mike's in the house, and they know Mike's taking advantage of you, but you love Mike so much, and tell I got him, I can handle him, and all this stuff. What happened was, Mike may ask you, mama or daddy, we going to the bank, and gonna put my name on the account, okay? And you don't want Mike's name on the account, but you don't know how to tell Mike, no, I don't want your name on the account. Okay, you don't know how to say no. Um, when you, so y'all take a ride, and all the children are saying, don't, don't do it, you don't want to do it. But Mike's right there saying, it's going to be all right, Mike, come on, you're going to the bank, put my name on the account, all that stuff. So I want to ask this with you from a banking standpoint, is there any recourse that, a uh, parent has, when they buy themselves and Mike ain't, Mike ain't there, can they call the bank and get the bank to say, and, and tell the bank, I don't want, I'm bringing them down here, but I don't want them on my account. <laughs> um, banks do have in place, and they, yes. they're kind of like trained with um, senior abuse, and um, on my job annually, we have to do a, um, we have to, you know, watch some information regarding senior ab abuse. Now, I would be on the entry level um, if you were to come to me with your child that you really don't want on your account. Um, we kind of like look at you, gauge the situation, try to see if there's any indication that this senior is being abused by the conversation that's going on or even by the way the person may, may be um, looking or either, either how the person may be looking or appearing. So what we would do is if we um, suspect, we know, when I had, for instance, I had a guy in recently and his son was with him and I just asked him some questions to see, number one, if he was aware, did he know who he was and what he was doing and who this was that was with him and how much money he was, you know, trying to deal with at the time. Just ask him some basic questions just to see if he could give me answers without hesitation. So if you have, if, in the banking industry, if, if someone does come in with an individual and they feel like they are, um, especially if they're doing something that they normally don't do, they tell us to look out for stuff like that. If they, all of a sudden, they don't even use the ATM, 
But this day, they got this person with them and they're using the ATM. That's like totally out of character for that individual. So we would call our, um, our fraud department and say, well, we think that this person may be taken advantage of. I don't know what they do above me, but they have ways where they're able to um, look out for that um, individual to see if there's any abuse there and then report it to the agencies that, you know. We need and I want to add to. that they have abuse, the, the abuse department, the manager has the power, has power to report that, to, to, to deal with that. So just be aware of that. That happens a lot because once you put somebody on an account that you don't want on there, when they want an account, how much authority do you have? They got equal authority because that's what you're giving them. They have equal authority. They can do anything with the account, anything with the account that they want to. One more thing I want to say, because uh, of time, we got to leave it about 10 minutes. Uh, another thing I want to say is, is that forgery. Watch out for your checkbooks, leave your checkbooks around and stuff like that. You may think people that, that, that checkbooks is old, nobody do forgery huh. or check. Yes, they do. And they have, if they can get to that checkbook, they can do some damage to you with the checkbook. So make sure you keep them in the right place. Make sure that, that, that you know uh, who's using them. And don't, because right now with all this online stuff, we just throw the checkbook in the drawer. That's not a good thing. Because if somebody go in there and get it, they can cause some big time trouble. They can cause some big time trouble for you. Uh, another thing is, is that, everybody see that one right there? With, uh, where it talks about um, somebody being in your house and you go into the hospital for a while and, they, and your pension come, your benefit come. They can negotiate those things. So you want to make sure that you know exactly, uh, if your stuff is not electronically deposited, you know exactly who's going to take your mail in and all this other stuff from a senior standpoint. Another thing, power of attorney. Power of attorney. Uh, I'm asking Sabathia a question about that from a standpoint of, first of all, there's, there's living will. Living will, okay? That's a medical directive. Okay, and that means when you go in the hospital, who do you want to make decisions for you? I want to caution you on who you get to make decisions for you, because if you got a passive person, when the doctor starts saying crazy stuff, they ain't gonna say nothing. Right, right, right. And you know, doctor said we gonna cut off, we gonna cut off the whole leg up here. And if you ain't got the right person, they gonna say, oh, okay. You need somebody gonna say why? You You want somebody to evaluate, because one thing I can speak powerful for is I, uh, I went to the hospital with brother and sister Fowler quite a lot. And I'm telling you, sister Fowler might be little, but she's a tiger. And they was going to cut her husband all the way up here when he only needed some toes cut. And she, yes, if she was passive, they would have they hurt her. But because she was, she stood up for him. You know, so make sure whoever you make your uh, living will or medical directive, make sure they can stand up for you. Don't just pick anybody because you like them. Because, you know, you know. You know pick that bossy kid that the rest of them don't. She too bossy. That's the one you're going to want <laughs> talking to the doctors, okay? That's right. Now from a power of attorney standpoint, if you get to the point you need a power of attorney, you go to the bank. And, 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 and have it notarized and everything when they get there. Know that from a power of a, of, of, of a of attorney standpoint, um, what you're doing when you do that. So Sister Bethesda, speak to that power of attorney, the authority they have and all that stuff. Yes. Yes, sir, brother. I would like to say two more things. Wait, wait, wait. That, before you say two more things, I'll let, I want to, we got eight minutes. We got eight minutes. So say one, say one thing. Go. Yes. And so if in 
anybody tried to get in my bank account, mm -hmm. they would let me know. Mm -hmm. So that's so very important. Mm -hmm. And I always uh, check with them ever so often to see that anybody tried to get into your account. It's very good. So I want to say this. From a power of attorney standpoint, uh, Susan Bethea, tell us uh, from a power of attorney standpoint, how far, that, how, how far does that go? How much power is that, you know? Okay, so power of attorneys, they, I think they come many and very, actually. With our financial institution, it goes to an attorney first. I'm sure other financials have something in place when they're receiving a power of attorney mm -hmm. where they um, have um, their guidelines. Mm -hmm. So once our attorney does approve a power of attorney, um, there is an agent certification that the person fills out. They're simply saying that the person is still alive, power of attorney hasn't been revoked, and a couple of other things that it says on that form. The person is then put on your account as a power of attorney. When you put someone on your account as power of attorney, you're giving them legal rights to access your money just like you would. They deposit your checks, they can cash your checks, they can close your accounts and do whatever, and do whatever um, um, with the money. So it's very important that, again, that you really trust the individual that you give your power of attorney to. And with, you know, seniors getting older, they really do need someone to look out um, for them. So, you know, hopefully you're building relationships, whereas when you do get to the point where you're gonna need somebody to operate in that capacity, that you'll have someone that you'll be able to um, trust to help you um, at that point. And of course, um, you know, power of attorneys, once a person is deceased, it's no good anymore. So um, make sure your account ownerships, you have a joint owner, or at least have some beneficiaries on your accounts, so that when you pass away, you really want your money to go to um, your, your, your family first, because if it goes to your estate, they gotta pay your bills before anybody get any money. That's right. So you wanna make sure, and if you have um, credit cards um, that offer some kind of insurance or protection in the event you die that they could be paid, that's another way of protecting um, your monies because it'll pay that bill off. And say you don't have anybody and um, say um, beneficiary, at least those bills will be paid because you had something in place, place to pay those bills. So if the money does get turned over to the estate, the person that becomes a representative don't have to worry about paying the bills because they were paid. They'll just have to, you know, do with the money as the person that was alive um, instructed them to do with the money. And I'm gonna add, if you got $10,000 in the bank that is, debt, that, that is uh, uh, um, final expense, and there's a power of attorney, and you pass, they can't go get the money back. They can't go get the money, because once the bank find out you're gone, it's over, the power can't So they're not even gonna be able to get that money to bury you, right, they because you're, you're gone. So you gotta have a beneficiary. That can go, and, and not the beneficiary, your beneficiary can't do it. Right. One person told me, my, I got a beneficiary. They can't, if they are joint on your account, they can't go get money out. They have beneficiaries. They're they, they going to get all the money eventually, but they can't go die. and start transacting business. Right. Have I understand that? Yeah. Yes, sir. And this is a question and answer section, too, because there might be some questions and answers, because we got to go now, and I got a whole lot more stuff left. So I'm going to cover it through question and answer. Any question and answers right now? Well, Brother Cool. I just want to uh, everybody be cognizant of the Bobby uh, Workman Post Office for 19 years. There's a lot of stuff that comes through the mail that you mm -hmm. need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of stuff that I get that I don't normally get. 
If you have any opportunity to to do that, uh, take your name off 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 of the uh, off off of the material and shred it and give it up because you'd be surprised what they can do with with your name, name and address. You give most of the information. I just wanted to let you know a lot of stuff comes in the mail first, second, or third and fourth class mail that you might think of nothing and you throw it over there and somebody get it and they can easily get 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 use that as as against you. Got you, Sister Greg. What's the difference between payable on death and beneficiary? They're actually the same. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the POD is the beneficiary. So when you um, pass away, if you have a POD or beneficiary on your account, however many you have, the money will go to them. Now, some financial institutions let you say what percentage goes to who, while other financial institutions like MeQ, I work for MeQ, MeQ if you have three, they're going to split it three ways. We don't allow you to say you can give 10% here or 15. Hmm. What if they wrote a will? We don't. Um, if you have a beneficiary on an account, that's who's going to get the money. The will can't supersede that beneficiary that's on that account. If you have accounts that don't have any beneficiaries, whomever the executor is of the estate, they'll have to carry out the wishes in your will. But if you left beneficiaries on your account, they're going to get, that's who gets the money. And in a basic will, the executor, um, make sure they're trustworthy. They don't have to. If you leave your $50,000 to your executor to carry stuff out, make sure they're good people. They don't have to. They might, somebody, they might say, you know what, I'm taking half of this for me. They legally can do that. Yes. Like, we, the will is not bound to that. Now, with an estate drawn up by a lawyer, you can put conditions in there. But with just a general will, no, they, no. So what I'm saying is, Sister Lorna is, is that, Sister Craig is, is that if um, the per since in Brenda's bank case, one person, beneficiary, get all the money, and you left a will, you're hoping whoever those other people you want to get money, that they're going to get that money too. Usually, you know, if they're your children, I think the children are going to do it, but you never know, okay? But I'm just letting you know that, you know, it, it's not enforcement. Now, have I ever seen, have I ever seen a will be carried out different than, um, uh, yes. I have seen somebody say, um, uh, they left somebody else to do the, be the executor, but they didn't put it in writing, it was verbal. Mm. Somebody else said, I'm, I'm doing it, I'm gonna be the executor, okay? And let me say another thing too. When you write something in a will, when it's in the will, make sure the will is funded. <laughs> Meaning, if you left them the will but left somebody else the money, then the, the funeral home, you know who they're going to listen to? Who got the money? That's all they want to know is who got the money. So basically, I've seen somebody in the will have a will, but I've seen one child have the will and another child have the money. And a child with the money don't agree with what mama said in this will. So they said, no, we're doing this. And the funeral home is going with the one with the. I'm just letting you know. I'm going to hurt your feeling. I ain't mean for that to be the last question, but <laughs> that's how it is. Okay. So thank you so much, Brother Lucas. I'm turning this over to you, you now, my friend. Uh, there's a lot more we should have talked about, but we had technical difficulty. But I think we did, we did serve it. Uh, so thank you. God bless you. That's right. We'll do it again. That's right. Thank
Thank you, Brother Sister Bethany, Brother uh, Roger. Now, and what time did you say we was going to have part three? <laughs> we'll, get, we'll talk. Okay. <laughs> and this is great. I'm always learning something. Yes. And it's just, thank you. Did you all enjoy this uh, workshop? Yeah. Okay. And you want to learn something about uh, faith, huh? Okay, in that case, the Senior Summit, October the 26th, on a Saturday, from noon to 3.30. And our theme is the power of a saving faith. You need to be there. And we have two great speakers and an outstanding moderator. And we'll surprise you, but you need to be there. Okay? your pension and, and things like that, that you're entitled to from the job. Now, it's not the bank. These are your benefits from your job. And you put beneficiaries and things on there, especially if you had like divorced or if a spouse has passed or something, you need to go check those records because some people put stuff in place and they forget that they named so-and-so as the beneficiary. They done went on and got married again, started another family, and never took the other spouse off of their documents. And that's the one, because when it comes to legal, we sorry, they're going to go with the, what the paperwork say. So check your records um, on your jobs um, concerning your benefits. Thank you, sir. Our time is up. And what we're going to do, uh, we're going to have a closing prayer. And now, where's Brother Claiborne? Where you go? <laughs> Ex-Brother Claiborne, you can stay over there, brother, and just uh, do a closing prayer for us. Huh? You can stay there. All right. Let's go to God in word prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once more and again for today, this day that you've allowed us to see. We thank those who put on this, this program, Brother Bethea, Sister Bethea, uh, Brother Achenio, uh, and all, the whole senior ministry in uh, coming together to plan this that, because we need this information. We pray that um, uh, some of this information have helped us and uh, explain things a little bit uh, clearly to us. And, um, and we pray that we can go back and ask um, Brother Rogers any questions that we might have concerning Medicaid and Medicare yes. as well. We know that you put a whole lot of things in the body to help us, people who know, uh, uh, have inside hands to information. Mm -hmm. And we pray that we would be diligent in seeking out those people when we need that kind of information. Yes. Um, continue to bless and direct our steps We'd be ever so careful to give your name all the praise, honor, and glory that it deserves. We thank you for all that you do in your providential care to take care of us. Um, as we're about to leave here, go out 
uh, separate ways. Those that are going to inner city, uh, watch over them, bless them, bless the affairs that will be going on down there today, the revival and, and everything, and, and, and allow the rest of us to go to our various destinations as well. We thank you and we pray this prayer in the precious name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Let us all say amen. Amen. amen.